Hey guys, what's up? Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Please like, subscribe, share with your mates, and enjoy the episode. Hey guys, what's up? Another episode of The Flip Side. Excited to get right into it. Christian, how you been? You've been flaking the boys recently. <laughs> maybe something, maybe something's on person. Actually, how's everything been? It's been good. It was my mom's birthday on the weekend. Okay. Yeah, so it was my mom's birthday on Sunday. That's why I couldn't, I couldn't go on Sunday. Friday, I completely flaked. I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna like, Saturday night, I'm not even gonna go two ways about it. I, I straight flaked, okay? I, I flaked. <laughs> I, I, I did it, but um, welcome back, guys. It's episode 37. Oh, it totally is 37, episode 37. Thank you so much for your support and listening. Welcome back. But yeah, it's been, um, work's been pretty interesting recently. There's been a few things that's happened. I, I can't really go into detail about it because it's quite confidential, but I'll, I'll, I'll briefly touch on it later. But like, yeah, a lot of things have been going on. Um, yeah, like I said, you know, family, a lot of family stuff on the weekend. But how, how was your week? What did you get up to? I know that you finally got around to, you know, getting the bonfire happening in the back. How did that go? How, how was your week? Dude, the bonfire is nice. It's like relaxing. Like it's, I'm addicted. Like I'm doing it tonight again. I'm having Reese come over, one of my white um, traveling friends. I don't know why I say white, but <laughs> every time I introduce Reese, I'm like, my white friend, my white traveling friend. Um, you're more than welcome to come if you'd like, but... Um, I know it's a fair track, so no prep. I'm not gonna. I'm going gym tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna have a nice fire tonight. It's just it's something relaxing, it's therapeutic. It's like a productive way to end the night, and it's like a way to like when you have a fire, you just talk. It's cool. It's like you just, and it's like no pressure. There's like no like there's no like guards up. When you're sitting around a bonfire, it's just like a chill vibe. Hundred percent agree. Around the bonfire, the conversations are just completely intergalactic, bro. <laughs> intergalactic. But um, yeah, they're insane, eh? Like, it's a great vibe. It's so chill, laid back, no one cares. You're just doing whatever you want. It's just it's just good, you know? Like, that's all I can say. It's just good. Like, have a, have a drink, you know, with the fire. Like, how, how do you get it started? You, do you have fire starters or you just light a match and chuck it in there? Because I saw you had, like, crates. And then, like, we could totally film an episode outside, but I think it'll be a bit too hard logistically. We're figuring it all out. But um, yeah, how did how did how did it all? Um, we, my goal is to try get a fire with one cube of fire starter. So put in a cube, put some leaves around, put some twiggling around, and then that's how I got it started. And it was like I had to like rush because it kept dying. So today, when I'm doing, I'm gonna like build like a pyramid, like from like the the cube in the middle leaves twigs thicker twigs some thick wood on top and create this whole pyramid so when i light it it just everything is being worked on there's any lost energy not heating up wood yeah and then like that's what you always see the photos people do in the pyramid and then yeah it, it heats upwards and then that way the bottom stays really hot as well and then you get the nice flickering fire at the top yeah i wrote it i wrote it so you're gonna do it tonight I'll come over, we'll do it again. This week I'm busy, we'll, we'll do it again after that. But like, yeah, key. look at that. So I was talking to Kevin when, you know, you flaked the Friday and we were like, man, like, what happened to Christian? He flaked last minute. Um, we went up, we came at 7 p.m. and we got rejected because the booking was still at 6 p.m. 
and we waited till 8 p.m. because it was not rebooked. And apparently, when they called your phone number, you didn't pick up. And we're like, what's happening, Christian? He's starting to grow apart. He's starting to slowly, like, sort of distance from us. Oh, that's, that's my key to reply. God. <laughs> I just I couldn't be bothered that Saturday you know exactly why I didn't come as well I was just like oh, I can't be bothered but it is what it is I did I didn't I don't know if they called me or not because I think on Saturday I went out for dinner with family so I don't I don't I can't remember if they called me or not I think I did get a missed call but I don't know if it was them or not I just saw some random number but yeah straight flaked it, it is what it is. Like I'm not gonna hide away and you know make excuses. I, it's, I that's just me. I'm just, I'm just, I was just a complete burden that day. I was a liability in heart. Was it a good feed? Because I feel like I've noticed like these trends. Um, so actually, I'm, I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna skip this topic. I'm gonna skip this topic. It's gonna involve too many. I don't want to talk. So I recently got an offer for my Rolex. On eBay, someone offered twenty-four thousand. eBay takes ten percent, so I'll be left with. eBay take ten percent. Yes. <laughs> what about Gumtree? Uh, Gumtree takes zero. So I technically I can message them and be like, "Hey, can you pay me outside?" But I've done that before. My account got suspended for a year. Really? Yeah. They like monitor your emails. Wow. Interesting. So that's 21,600. 21, I bought it for 20,500. So if I say yes, I'll net $1,000 in profit. But I don't know, like I've gotten attached to it. I've started falling in love. Also, I'm, I'm stuck to social constructs or like social, like I feel like the moment I sell it, I'm going to be walking around without a wrist and a watch and people will start asking, oh, what happened to your watch? And I'll say, oh, I sold it. And instantly they'll be like, is Andy gone broke? So that's another thing that stopped me to actually enjoy having a watch. Like I really like it. It looks really nice and something nice to look at. And three, I sort of want to wait until I get the second one and then sell this first one. And then thirdly, I feel like having the watch for the period of the year, it will probably make me more than a thousand dollars just from having yeah, the watch. Yeah. So there are solid reasons why I want to say no to the offer, but at the same time, the first reason is like quite like, wow, I'm a bitch. Like I'm, I'm wearing it because I, I want people, I don't want to sell it because I don't want people to think I'm going broke. But that's one of the weaker reasons why I'm saying no to the offer, I think. What's your thoughts? You just got it. Yeah. Hold it. Yeah. Hold it. Hold it for a year. Hold it for a year. You just got it. I don't see a point in selling it at the moment unless there's obviously other reasons being that you want another one. Um, and, you know, it could, you know, essentially make the way, pave the way for you to get another one in if, in a monetary point of view. But I don't see a point in selling it right now. There's no point. You just got to enjoy it while it is. Um, don't lose it. Don't scratch it. Don't hurt it. Don't harm it. It's a it's a freaking Rolex. We didn't get to talk about it properly on the podcast as to the process of you getting it in terms of like you know, but like it's all right. But like, yeah, I don't I don't think you should sell it yet. You just got to I think enjoy it. You're right, hundred percent. Look at it every day. Just have it in like a cabinet and just stare at it. That's that's how you make your returns. And then 
I think you're definitely deeping it. No one, I don't think socially, like everyone's going to be like, oh, is he going broke? No, <laughs> it's all right. Don't worry about that. Maybe like, I think in, in like higher profile people, maybe like the people that you might associate with, but like, yeah, I guess like the normal people. Did you, did you tell, oh, you, you've already told your high school friends and stuff that you got it, eh? Uh, you not did, really, yeah. actually. I haven't. I haven't. They don't know I have a Rolex. Oh, they don't know yet. It'll be interesting to see what what they think as well about it. But yeah, just just keep it. That's the whole point of it. You know what I mean? Because then, like, do you want to get another one? Um, I want to keep this one, but I know it's not worth twenty thousand. Like a watch isn't like it's a massive liability. So, what was the reason you knew wanting to sell it if you wanted if you like genuinely want to keep it? Um, I think if I were to sell it, it's because one, I should become like Mark Zuckerberg and like Bill Gates and just like live pover, <laughs> live pover. That's so funny. And like, don't be like, like, I know what it feels like. I don't need it. Like I'm, I'm better than these guys. Who, that was one of the reasons Two, As a monk, you want to live like a monk. <laughs> yeah. Two, it's an easy way to net a thousand dollars and three. Having an extra like 20 grand is pretty handy in, in sort of crazy times like this. Um, now I'm saying these things, I'm convincing myself to sell it. Okay, then then devil advocate, why did you buy it? I bought it because I wanted something nice. I wanted to reward myself. I don't really have a watch, so I usually walk around watchless. I wanted to have it to create more business opportunities. I wanted to use it for marketing. Um, and I wanted something that would hold its value. Um, so yeah, stop. now I want to keep it. Stop. Yeah, now you want to keep it. Stop. That's it. Done. Stop. That's why I, I. That's why I asked you why you want to sell it first, and then why you want to keep it after. Because you know you want to keep it. Selling it, yeah, you get you become a little bit more liquid. You you know sell. It's an asset. It's a fucking twenty thousand. Uh, at the moment, its value is twenty thousand dollar. But you just got it. Selling it is just, I don't know, it just kind of defeats the entire purpose. You know what I mean? Like, you got it. You, 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 I, just, I just don't see the value in selling it yet. I can see the value in selling it in a year. I can definitely see the value in selling it in a year. A, you probably get valued more. You probably get more offered more for it. And B, you've, you've had it for a year. You know what I mean? Like, I think my biggest dilemma is if I sell it, when I go back into the store without the watch, Stuart, my sort of representative, he's going to be like, where's your watch, man? Did you resell it? Because you're not, you're not supposed to resell it. Uh, so that's, so I definitely want to wait until I get the next one so that I'll wear the next one. Oh, because the whole culture there's like, they don't, they essentially look down on people reselling them. Is that correct? I think if you're caught reselling, they won't sell you any more Rolexes. From the actual store? Yeah. That's pretty intense. Definitely don't, yeah, don't sell it until you get your next one. And the thing is, I think it'll be a good way to market progress as well because you'll eventually be in a spot where you can like look back and say to yourself, okay, yeah, I've worked hard. I can afford this other Rolex. I'm going to get another one. And then you can look at selling the first one. You know what I mean? It's like a good way to benchmark yourself against the year that passed. So like we always talk about benchmarking yourself. Yeah, go benchmark yourself with the next Rolex. Work for the next Rolex. You're right. Work, 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 off, the, work off the hard work that you took to get that Rolex because you've used it all now. Use all the hard work and the money to get the first one. Work hard again to recuperate it. Get the second one. Look back. Benchmark. Done. Very, very true. I like that new crew name. Dude, it's been getting cold recently. 
yeah, it's it's fucking freezing. I just I didn't want to go to work this morning. I was just like, nah, I can't be bothered. It's so warm inside. You know what I mean? I don't want how did like it's so nice and warm. You have wooden floors, isn't that cold as hell? Oh, I use UGG boots, so I don't walk around with socks. Always got UGG boots or some some slides on. Um, so, but yeah, it's cold if I walked around barefoot. Dude, I realized I used to always get sick in winter. I would always be sick for like the whole of winter. And I realized why. It's because I would walk around with only socks. Like yeah. freaking your feet is cold. And like the moment I start wearing UGG boots, I haven't been sick for the last two years. Yeah, you genuinely need a good pair of warm. I say this, and I don't have a pair of like Uggs or the warm shoes. I used get to get one. They're so cheap now. I think they're like you get uh, like a pair for twenty nine bucks or something. Yeah, I know. I'm, I need to really, I really need to get one. It's just, you know how like you, I throw mine out like every year because it just gets like dirty and just shit. Like it's just disgusting. All the sweat that cooperate in it. So like I just haven't bought one this year. But you're right. Like you get. I'm on Osbargan every day, bro. Yeah, I yeah, Osbargan. I seen it's it the other day for twenty nine dollars. I should have bought, bought another pair. I want one for outdoors. I've never worn Ugg boots outside. Huh? I've never worn Ugg boots outside. <laughs> I haven't too, but I've seen people that do it and and I'm up with it. I rate it. I rate it. I don't. I don't mind it, but yeah, I definitely got to get. It. It's so cold lately, bro. I walked into work, so like work's been getting pretty intense lately like okay, it's been, tell me about it there's been a lot that's going on there's so like first of all we had like a massive change in the management so big big boss came in right a new a new big big boss came in and he came in and he immediately saw things he wanted to change and he started he, he put the laid that what do they say what's the thing he he laid the hammer down he, he really enforced his law upon it so like I, you know how um when banks do things wrong, they get fined for it, right? So, like, my bank got fined a lot, a lot of money. Oh, no. Okay. Um, Anti-money laundering way back when. And so they hired a lot, a lot of people in response to that to make it seem like on the books, like, okay, look, this is what we're doing to essentially rectify our position to make sure that we don't get in that position again. We're spending a lot of money into this to make sure our compliance is top-notch, right? So what do you think happens when the dust settles and... You know, we've been performing good compliances and being met. We're not breaching. What do you think happens? Um, oh, they start cutting people. Yes. The funding starts moving away. They start shifting the funding away because the dust has settled. People have forgotten about it. There's no need for the AML. Well, there's no need for the increased expenditure within that department anymore. Cost cutting. A lot of not heads on being told are uh, rolled, but they're moving into like trying to automate what we do, right? And then so there's that going on. Then there's recently there's been a lot of trouble going on. Uh, I don't know if I should say this, but actually, I don't give a f- no one even listens. <laughs> no one listens from my work anyway. So, like the other day, I was looking at a payment and it was getting sent to Vladimir Putin. Okay, there's someone sending money to Vladimir Putin. And we thought, this is just weird. This is just, this looks fake. Surely Vladimir Putin, like with the Russian bank detail and everything? Yeah, it was his actual, like, it just said his account. It had his name, it had his address. And I'm like, surely not. Like, there's no way. There's absolutely no way. Like, is Vladimir Putin? Like, there's no way. Yeah. It turns out it, it, it was way. Like, it, it was Vladimir Putin. Like, how do you verify that? We don't know because someone essentially processed it and approved it. 
And then later on, higher, higher, higher up people came down and asked me like, why the hell was a payment process to Vladimir Putin? And we thought it was a joke. We thought that it was just like, oh, some random guy, some other random Vladimir Putin in Russia. Like how many, like, there's probably heaps of Vladimirs in Russia, right? And then like, I can sort of literally like, add you as a pay on my bank account, name you like Osama Bin Laden and just send money to your BSP and account details. Yeah, technically you can do that. But the way it works in international payments, so with Swift, I'm sure you've used Swift before, right? To send payments, yeah. Um, is it actually gets sent across to the name that they have registered against the BSP and account number because it's a lot of regulations when you're sending money internationally, et cetera, right? But um, yeah, so that happened and I was just like, there's a lot more stuff that's happened as well. There's like a massive breach and it's just like, it makes you think, hey, like when you shove a lot of money into something, for compliance and making sure that everyone like everyone said hey guys look we know we're, we're pumping a lot of money into this we're 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 compliant we're not breaching we are rectifying our errors and then slowly afterwards everything settles down the money goes away and it's just like oh that's just business i guess like i'm sure you would have seen something similar in your situation where you've probably spent a lot of money on a certain function realizing it's not necessary anymore and then slowly cut back on it like it's just normal i get it but it's just it's just interesting to see no more birthday dinners no more birthday dinners (laughs) no more birthdays on that topic we touched it we're touching it we're going there but um finish what you were about to say how like sometimes there's sometimes you put so much money into like a function and it's not worth it sometimes you'll find yourself in a situation where you put (laughs) where you put so much money into a function for a good night out and the returns are just not there you just don't get a good return on it because you just don't have an amazing night it's a bit of a bit of an odd one what do you think i think you have some something to mention i think I think this is sort of like we talked about last week how I was going to quit drinking. So I was talking to my friend, my Reese. He was like, when you do like a birthday thing, like I think in white cultures, the other way around, where like people should pay for the birthday person in white culture, but in like Asian culture, people like us, it's like the 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 person person who hosts pays. And for some reason, that was like, like Reese was like, what? That's weird. Like, I've never what the hell what the person who birthday is the one that shouts but I also understand both perspective actually I think in the future I'm just gonna make it even more tighter like eventually I'm just gonna make those just like tighter and tighter circles I think six people wasn't too bad it was cool I think the reason why I was hesitant on doing a birthday party this year is because I'm still sort of finding myself like hanging out with different people and I'm only starting to form like a tight circle and sort of that, so that's sort of like, you know, everyone's sort of grown apart. I've only known the other people there only for less than six months. So I don't know them too much. Um, and eventually when I do do these events, I'm more than happy to like, you know, just cover the whole function. Hopefully one, I'll be more richer then. And two, it'll be like a more of like a tighter circle of people that I really love. Yeah. Uh, and when it's like, I, I don't even fret. Um, yeah, I think I think that's, that's- I get what you mean. Like at, at the moment, it's like a stage where it's like, you're, you're, the, the fact that you're feeling a bit iffy about it, says a lot in itself you know what i mean like do you know what i mean because like if it was 
if it was just like me, you, and like say a few other people, I, I just wouldn't even give a shit about it. I'd be like, yeah, whatever, yeah, sick, done. I, it, I'm, I'm super stoked. You know what I mean? But like, because I think yeah. if it was like the, if it was just like four people, like it was just like the uni boys, like me, you, um, and the other uni friends, and it was just us four, like done. Like, that'd be no like worries. I'd get dinner. You guys get a few rounds. And that would have been fine. Um, I think I'm um, just a bit if that because ironically the people who made the most money didn't get me back and the people who just like doing a normal 9 to 5 were the ones who got me back it's interesting isn't it yeah I, I don't know that I, 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 I still feel very strongly about this I haven't really told you about it properly but I think that's a massive massive wanker move I think it's a massive wanker even to not even offer you know what yeah I know. <laughs> either yourself or our mate that paid for it you know I mean, like, I don't know, like, to people listening, like, when you go out in a group of friends, it's your birthday, I'm happy to shout for everyone's dinner, if it's my birthday, I'm the same as you, I'm happy to shout for everyone's dinner, but, like, the people that, like, come, and then, like, they don't even offer to shout, or, like, they don't even offer to pay, or, like, they just sort of, dealt, like, sort of fade into the background, like, what the f*** are you there, you know what I mean, like, I, I don't know, like, Talking about compliancy for your bank, is being compliant basically just like you're just doing censorship for the government? Like you guys are basically trying to not send money to countries that are not friendly with Australia. And all these banks are basically being filtered or censored by the government. And is that what? Yeah. Yeah, we are essentially the police of the bank. That's the best way to put it. We're the bank police. Because we need to make sure that we don't facilitate anything to Vladimir Putin. Because, like, as a bank, if you do send money from John to Vladimir Putin, you're just doing your job. But the only reason you would filter it is because the government doesn't want you to. Honestly, spot on. That's exactly exactly my role in what i do it's called sanctions like that's what the government does they sanction certain things to prevent facilitation of funds for certain things whether it be trade whether it be just regular payments you're 100 right as a bank we should be facilitating these things but we have a legal obligation set by the government to not facilitate them because we bank within australia we have our own regulations and everything right so it's like yeah technically David should be able to send money to Vladimir Putin, but he shouldn't be because we're then, it's then, no matter what happens, because of, say, person X's history, them being facilit- them being known to have previous relationships with certain people, dealings with certain things, previously, you know, doing drug facilitation, terrorist activities, etc. Us allowing money to go to them means we've indirectly funded that whether they use it for whatever activities or not we've indirectly funded because god knows what they use it for you know what i mean so yeah there's a lot of different ways compliance is met because the banks in australia they rely on the government and federal bank of reserve technically but also like well we can't be facilitating that because I get what you're trying to say because the banks operate in a separate sort of environment in, in the sense that the banks are independent, they're privately owned, they're not backed by the government. Why should they have to comply with legal obligations? That's like me saying to you, why do you need to, 
why can't you sell any drugs? Or like, why can't you, you know, do whatever you want with your business and like not pay tax? Do you know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, we operate within a governed society. Yes, where, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. we can't. It's their rules. We're, we're operating here and th- those are the set rules. And if we don't like it, we have to move to a different country and set up a yeah. company in a different country then. That's it. And then if you go to a different country, they have their own governing rules. Maybe they they don't want to facilitate payments. Say you go to Lebanon. Lebanon wouldn't want to facilitate money to maybe US or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's always back and forth with it or like there's always different things, but like it's actually very interesting to think about it, the way the world works, because, you know, with the tensions between US and China, there's a lot of things which can and can't pass through. And it's like all these small things which happen in the media, people don't realize it, but they have immediate effect into what gets implemented by, say, the largest financial institutions in the world in terms of what allows to be processed, because say, a lot of organizations have customers overseas and our customers in Lebanon, one one error or one small thing that, say, Lebanon does can change the entire relationship between us and another country and therefore their business. And it's like, it's mental. It's, it's like a whole world, bigger world picture thing. And it's just, you can go on and on and on about it for a long time. But yeah, it's very interesting. Like the other day, I processed payments for, you know. Yes. Yeah, they were, they were buying cow leather. Um, from somewhere, or they were exporting. They were either exporting or importing cow leather. But um, yeah, you how see, big was the transaction? It was huge. It was like a million dollars or something. Or like, damn. And do they just do a simple bank transfer? So, yeah. So this was a trade one. So because trade, essentially, what it is, you remember the Suez Canal? No, I heard of it. Rings of bells. Yeah, we, we talked about it. The the ship that got stuck on the Suez Canal. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Do you know why that was a big deal? Like, why that was like... It held, like, everything is now delayed, and when that, stock is sitting there, money's being burned, and time, and employees, and... Exactly. And spiral so, effect. Spiral effect. Like, domino effect. Everything's going on, right? And what we do in trade is there's, like, obviously a lot of different entities in between that help transport the goods so sending money for or receiving money or sending money whichever it was for for cattle hide so like leather that leather goes through so many different companies so many different shipping organizations so many different ports and it all needs to get listed and we all need to like essentially ensure that it's not a threat to australia and that because like you know when you watch movies you know when um there was in like say a movie about like drugs and crimes and gangs they always you always end up at a shipping port a huge shipping port they go to up a, they go to a random container they check if no one's looking they open the container inside the container there's like just just boxes and boxes they open a box there's a teddy bear inside the teddy bear there's drugs yes yes right that's how drugs get moved like obviously it, the, the business is a lot more lucrative given that you know you've got to be a lot more secretive but like what we do is we need to make sure like from a australian standpoint from a bank standpoint they need to make sure that anything that they're processing doesn't facilitate any illegal equipment activity obviously no one's going to say drugs in the, in the thing but like what i'm saying is like you don't know what's in the thing what's in the cargo 
like in that Suez Canal, in that ship in the Suez Canal, who knows what's on there? It's crazy. Like it does. It's a plot. It's a plot. It's not a plot hole. Sorry. It's like a. It opens up so many like different. Avenues. It has to because if there's literally ten thousand containers, at least half a percent of those containers compares it contains a teddy bear with cocaine inside. It has to just numbers. I, I think so, hundred percent. But at the same time, it's so easy for us to say it has to. It has to. But like, think about it. All the, okay, uh, we're just gonna. How would you set up a lucrative drug business? It's so interesting to think, isn't it? Because you need to have friends in the right places. Because there's no absolute no way that there's no like drugs can't pass through our system without any form of corruption. There has to be corruption for these things to pass. It's impossible for it to not. People get paid good money in the right hands because say you're say you're sending it, say you're trying to receive it from overseas. If you're receiving a shipment from Brazil. They're going to be. That's going to be the cargo that gets looked at the most. So you need to know people at the shipping dock, or like offices and everything, to like green ticket or you know what I mean. Like how how, how would you set up a lucrative drug business? This is just a good clickbait. Yeah, yeah like oh, we'll, we'll, we'll title this here. Yeah, because like if I did that, so let's say oh, where would I be making it and where would I be sending it to? In the granny flat, and you're sending it to. Okay, say you're trying to receive it from Brazil. Okay. And say, okay, you can have different options and scenarios, but like, just say for one, you're making it in your granny flat right now. Okay, cool. If I was just making it in my granny flat, and I, was, I guess I'll just find a person that would be the runner, that would go ahead and start distributing it, and it will come to me and get more stock. Now the question is, what if that runner becomes like a snitch? then maybe the next thing is I'll start using like a phone that's like, you know, use like SMS, use a fake profile, hit up people that would be interested, build trust, always drop it at, let's say I drop it underneath this bench or in this park and the runner can pick it up from there. So he doesn't know who I am, where I live, my identity, he just comes there, he transfers me the money and picks it up. Now, obviously as it gets bigger, the transferring of money will become an issue because that can now be linked. So then I'll have to start thinking of things like freaking like disposable like bank accounts, credit cards, PayPal, Beam, and I'll diversify and have like a bunch and try and not link it to me and start receiving a bunch of payments and doing these drop-offs at these random locations. You know what, you know what they do? They, they call them they're like, because you know, it's so hard to be able to manage so many different things and so many different times. Okay, this is getting very deep here, and it should not be taken <laughs> as if we're doing it at all. <laughs> what you could do, what you could do, is you set up set up what's called. Have you heard of what? Like, I'm sure you have, like a shell company. You set up a shell company, and you have that shell company owning e-commerce. Okay. Studying.com e-commerce because you're still yes e-commerce consulting e-commerce consulting right. You have a shell company which is essentially the broader parent that owns e-commerce. Okay. And you can have that as owning a few different other things as well at the same time. And that shell company is obviously just, it does nothing. It has no operations. All it is, is a, it's a holding company. Yes. It's a parent company for e-commerce. And you push payments into the shell company as if it were to be earned from e-commerce. Yes. E yeah. 
I mean, but like obviously you can't say that it's from e-commerce, but that's the whole purpose of show companies. There's so many show companies out there, which you you know you you I'm seeing so many every day. You like they're just say like something holding company, and you just see it and you're trying to Google it. And it's like what do they do? Do they have anything? And like you know, because some legitimate holding companies, they own some of the biggest companies in the world. They have a lot of genuine companies under them, and like they're just the big parent, right? But there's a lot of holding companies out there which have no like noticeable subsidiaries etc what's interesting i've always found is like it's it's like everyone knows that let's say there's a company called um what's this pen called i forgot um parker parker pty ltd and then parker probably has like a parker's holding ptl ltd and then that probably has like the owners like mr politics uh uh, parker's parker's family trust so there's probably this whole structure and it's like everyone knows it exists, but people just literally legally can't sue the holding company or sue the trust. And it's weird because they name it holding, they name it trust. So like you just search them up and it's obvious. Like they don't try to name it. If this is Parker company, they don't name this Pens Worldwide United. And this is the Pen Family Trust. Like they don't use weird names they make it blatantly obvious but is the legal system that hard where you just can't sue them even if you say hey this is the you cannot sue me holding this is the you can't trust me you can't touch me because it's a trust fund like you can name it those things and you would also wouldn't have any issue i guess would it yeah like it wouldn't be an issue because at the end of the day they're legitimate companies which are owning legitimate company like the holding companies which own legitimate companies so i don't think it's like that big of an issue here i mean i think the the issue is i'm pretty sure recently as well there was a bank which got done for for facilitating a lot of payments internationally to um a lot of shell company which essentially it's just a dummy it's just a decoy because it doesn't do anything it just funnels the payments in from all your multiple operations and i think that's what's getting me when someone has a holding company and someone has a trust it's like you blatantly telling people, hey, I'm funneling money up this structural ladder. And like, it's like for the world to see. And they don't try to hide it. They just name it holding, name it trust. And everyone knows they're funneling money up, but like, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Tax evasion. <laughs> it's um, it's tax effective. It's it's just smart. Like, that's what you have in a trust. You have the trust and you, distrib- you make distributions out to yourself and then they're tax deductible. And as a result, the income that you get, it's like less tax that you pay on that as well. So it's all, it's all a game. Like there's, there's reasons why there's so many of this. It's all a game. Like life is just a game. You know what it is? I think the government set up this structure, tax structure and all the smart people found a way to follow the rules legally but this is a setup where you legally follow it and you don't break any rules. So people just yeah. like got really smart and just was like, hey, okay, this is how you do it. It's like freaking um, Nike just creating this really cool shoe that makes you run faster. Um, they didn't really break any rules. Like these are the rules, they stuck to rules and now you have this shoe that's compliant but also makes you run faster. Um, I guess that, that's how life works. You do something, smart people are always gonna find a way around it that's legal. Yeah, 100%. And that's what you need to do in order to get to where you want. You can't just, like, you got to understand what you can do, what you can't do, what's within your jurisdiction, what's not. And then as a result from there, move into a further. But, like, 
yeah, like it, it's just interesting, right? Like, but a massive disclaimer: like, we're definitely not funneling drugs anywhere. We're definitely not. Like, Most it's definitely just, not. I'm clean. Yeah, like it's just no. Just think about it. Just logistically, I don't have the time or patience for it's, that. It's so stressful. It's just way too stressful. Dude, I was, I was watching Suits and like freaking Mike Ross went to jail and it was tough in there. I was like, I don't want to go to jail. I'm thinking of like how I'll survive and I was just like, let's just not focus on not going to jail. Do you think jail is as glorified as it makes, as it's made out to seem to be? I've always wondered. There's only one way to find out. Yeah. yeah. Cause those movies have to be based on something. Something I've been thinking about a lot recently is like Jerusalem. Like, and then the story of God and the story of Moses. Like, these stories have been repeated in many different cultures and many different um, sort of generation that you just have to think that there was something that was quite similar. For example, the sunken city of Atlantis. Like, it's been told by so many different cultures and so many different generations that something must have happened. Not the same story. The story probably got exaggerated and expanded. But something similar must have happened. Um, I, I had this metaphor in my mind where, for example, something happens in today's world. And for example, let's say something happened 50 years ago. The way we're telling it now, it's like, it seems a bit like fiction. For example, mafia movies. Like that seems like a freaking fictional book but it's based on true events and as time goes on, people literally in a hundred years from now, even if we keep the story the same, people are like, what the f how did that happen? You know what's the biggest example of that? Yes, please. I reckon World War II. World mm. War I, World War II. Like down the line, it could get to, like it's been like a hundred years already and we always never forget, we never forget, obviously, lest we forget, etc. But do you think like it could be like that, like in terms of down the line? But like I think that's just well too, well too painted into our history to be essentially taken as anything other than fact. You know what I mean? But it's interesting. Like I get we exactly what you're trying to say. You know where I got it from? I got it from all these things that show freaking that his civilization has gone through a reset. Like for example, how the Egyptians freaking there's carvings of them showing light bulbs and electricity and evidence of like them being smarter than they are. And we still don't actually know how they built the pyramids. There's these temples in India where the engravings are so detailed. It's 3D, it's structurally amazing. And like with today's technology, we can't really do this unless we have like a, a million people carving shit with hand and hand doing it, which maybe they did, or maybe they had some freaking crazy technology and we just don't know how they built it. But we have all these stories of like freaking um, Moses and how the, the Nile River dried up and Cleopatra and all these things. Um, maybe there's a reset and all of a sudden now we're talking about like, you know, Donald Trump and he's some god. You know what? We're going to do a conspiracy episode next week. We'll, or like in the, in the few weeks. Oh, we'll do a conspiracy that's such a good idea. We'll do a conspiracy episode. Just, just to like, just, just look at what the f people are thinking about and actually like, but I get what you're trying to say because like, yeah. I know what brought it up because Alex Jones on the Impulsive podcast was talking about how like the government is aliens, how China's incubating a virus, how um, freaking the government is lizards. I mean, is it lizards? Um, and like all this weird, crazy, like um, 
the shooting in America in 2012. Um, I forgot what's it called. The one where the, sh- the shooting of the thing that was all staged because the government wanted to ban guns. So you had all these crazy conspiracy theories. But it's crazy how the China one was true. He predicted that before COVID came out. Did he actually? Yeah. He said, China's incubating a virus. But if you think about it, if he screams 20 things and one of the 20 things is correct, like yeah. it's like a Simpsons predicting the future type of thing. Okay, that's a bit whack though. That is whack. Like that I just don't get. It's just weird and whack, but that one I yeah, sort I of do get because like I feel like Simpsons, every episode, they create 50 fi- fictitious things. So if they have a thousand episodes, that's like um five thousand fifty thousand yeah. things and obviously three of them are gonna hit perfectly. Yeah, I get what you mean. Like it's just like a small, really like I forget how many episodes Simpsons are because they're still running, and it's like yeah, I genuinely forget how many episodes there are. But yeah, like that's hundred percent true. Like it's like when you if you hit a ball like twenty thousand times, you'll eventually hit the target x a number of times. Like it makes sense. Like it is what it is. But yeah, like I definitely want to do a cons- I don't know. I think I might we might lose brain cells doing it doing the talk about conspiracy theories thing is we have to go into it just like 100% into it because just see the other people. side yeah just yeah, see what gonna, people are like, talking about like why they really think that the world is flat earth is flat like I want to dig into it and, and empathize with the conspiracy it's fun it's actually pretty fun like yeah but we don't want to confuse we want to like maintain and retain an amount of level headed understanding about ourselves to refrain from us falling that deep into that so i've recently noticed that you know how like me and you we were frustrated with like hanging out with people who talk about themselves and never like ask questions for you to share your story and it's like a one-sided conversation and you sort of like enable it because we are good at asking questions so we sort of enable them to keep talking about themselves and i realized that i'm sort of at fault of the same thing like for example amazing listeners like you christian where i you allow me to just talk about me forever and i forget to like ask you questions and hear how things are going your end and it's 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 a hard it's like a drug like if you're really good and you're constantly asking me questions it's so difficult for me to not keep talking because there's this person that's just actively listen and forget for me to snap out and be like oh Tell me more about what actually happened at work, Christian. Tell me more about what you said. And I empathize with people who we enable to talk. Yeah, I know what you mean. But I, f- I feel like it's like a two-sided thing. One, I ge- like we're, we're genuine people who generally enjoy listening as opposed to just, you know, sitting through that stuff. Like, depends on obviously who's talking, obviously. But I generally enjoy asking questions and listening. And then two, like, uh, if it's no hard feelings, there's no hard feelings, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't really matter, but I get what you mean. Like, some people, like, like uh, amongst people that are really close, it's, like, completely fine because it's just normal, you know what I mean? Like, I don't really, like it. Like, I love it, but some people just, they really just really, uh, what's the word for it? They um, they make the most of it. They make the absolute most of it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. God damn. Because, like, two things. One, if we do go through these podcasts, I think... I do talk a lot and I do forget to ask you questions and hear things about you on your end. And two, I do remember scenarios where I would catch up with, say, there was this girl I caught up with. She was super cool, asked amazing questions, and I was just talking a lot because I was like, I think one, 
I just went through a week of just hanging out with people that were talking to themselves. So when I got the chance to talk about me, the floodgates just opened. Verbal diarrhea admitted. <laughs> and two, she was just really good at listening and good at asking questions. Well, I think I just like burnt her out. <laughs> and, and, and that's why I was like, do I burn you out, Christian? Sometimes I just go on these crazy rants. I'm like, da, 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 but, and I just link things together and I'm just talking for an hour. Like I can maybe burn people out if they give me the chance to talk. I won't lie. It's like everyone's different. So you definitely could be burning someone out. Like, because the way certain people like receive you, the reception that you receive from certain people is not going to be the same, right? So like, I won't like lie to you. Yeah, you, you probably could burn some certain people out. Like, and that's not because of who you are and the amount that you talk. It's because of them as well. Like, you know what I mean? Like they probably just not up for it. And I think so. so like, you, you can't like just to say from like a point of view like i probably do i definitely be like you probably do but it's not your fault like it's not on you because like yeah it's the way you re received and recepted like differently you know what i mean like i think you're right one attract people who like talking and two yeah. i'm learning how to match my energy i think i've always been good at knowing to not raise my energy to match mm -hmm. other people because then i'm going to burn myself out but now I have to work on lowering my energy with people who do have lower energy. And that's something I need to work at. And it's crazy how like, I'm trying to get more and more self-aware, but humans are naturally hypocrites. It's funny because I'm literally going through the same thing right now where I'm trying to become a lot more self-aware and like subdued when I'm catching up with certain people, just like really subdue myself because like the personality I have, it's, it's loud. It's, it's, it's like, I talk a lot. It's just, I talk shit. Okay, man, that's why we match. Yeah, I talk a lot of shit, right? But not because I, I talk a lot, not because I talk shit. Okay, do you? I talk a lot of shit. But in saying that, I do talk shit, but I, I, I hold, like, I can have genuine conversations as well, right? Like, I'm not like a retard. I just like talking shit. But what I'm saying is, I need to also learn that, like, I'm trying to do that same thing, like, subdue myself with, around certain people and, like, you know, just A, read the room because, yeah, like, I am loud, I am bubbly, I am, like, you know, I like to, you know, have a joke and, like, I like to just be out there. But at the same time, I need to learn. I'm trying my best around certain people, like I said. Subdue myself, take a step back, don't overshare, don't overshare. What's that thing you said? Don't, don't overshare, don't tell anyone, keep to yourself, keep private. Like, 100%, I saw that, I'm like, yeah. Because, like, yeah. it's it's weird because I think the biggest thing, one, I always regret. Every time I unnaturally share something when people oh. start asking, I always regret it. 100%. One, 100%. I, I regret it's like, it. Why, why, it's like, why did I do that? Why did that come out of my mouth? Yes. Two, you don't get the reaction that you're usually looking for because they're not looking to hear that and people aren't usually nice. Three... Sometimes people literally clutch, like grab on that, and they use it to fuel themselves to beat you. That's the thing. That's hundred percent the thing. And you're like, why did I overshare? Like it wasn't necessary for me to overshare. And you look back and you think, in the moment, it seemed alright. And then, like, it's one of those things where you know when you remember something that you did like five years ago, and you're like, ah, oh, why did I do that? But like, you can look back at something you said five minutes ago, like, dude, why did I do that? Like, why did I overshare? Like, you don't realize that they're just listening in the back end and just like. Don't think I regret saying in year one. <laughs> when I think about it, I sometimes start sweating. <laughs>
did that really happen? Oh, and then like, I, the only thing that comes in mind is I'm like, okay, the per- other person probably doesn't even remember it. That's like that's what I have to try and keep reminding myself is that like the other person doesn't remember it. The other person, <laughs> yeah, because there's so much shit I said in high school, did in high school. Where I'm just like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can relate. I can relate. I, I don't want to remember anything anymore. I'm I'm happy with where this came. This is an interesting podcast. We started off talking about compliance to then talking about how we set up a lucrative drug organization in business. And next week or a week after, we'll talk about conspiracy theories. But very I'm solid. I'm, I'm happy. This is a good episode. And these are fun. These are just, oh, I'm, I'm getting cl- I'm figuring out the sponsorship. We might get a sponsor soon. We'll talk about that more in the next episode, maybe. But yeah, great, solid episode. Um, thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate it. Um, yeah, Christian, you could wrap it up for us. Episode 37. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it very much. Um, like, subscribe. Please listen. Our YouTube is actually slowly growing, and we don't think we don't notice. We notice if you like leave comments in our clips. If you found us through the clips, we probably haven't stayed until 50 minutes. But hey, <laughs> thank you guys so much. Have a good day and peace. Peace.